Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. A uh, waiter who's been in the restaurant game for 30 years came up with a list of uh, things customers should never do. Hmm. Uh, not leaving a tip, of course, the obvious one, but there's others. Right. Do, don't rearrange the tables on your own. You know, you, I'm sure you've been in this situation. You walk into a restaurant with a big group of people, or a, um, a hockey tournament situation, and you go in and everybody starts grabbing tables and pulling them together. Right, yeah. Uh, one could belong to a different server. Yes. So it's annoying when you do that. Definitely so you go so. in and just tell them, hey, listen, can we get a bunch, and they'll figure it out for you. Mm-hmm. You don't go in and... It's like going into somebody's home and just going, I don't like the couch here. Right. I'm going to move it over here. I remember that happening a lot with the hockey tournaments and that kind of thing. Uh, Don't forget to wash your hands after you handle a menu. They were gross even before COVID. They don't get cleaned enough. Uh, They get handled by dozens of people a day and fall on the floor a lot. So the waiter says they're like a Petri dish. Hadn't thought about that. I usually go, here's my thing at a restaurant. I'll usually get to the table, sit down, get my coat off, get organized. And then before I even look at the menu, I end up going and washing my hands. And then come back and start figuring out what I want to eat. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever done after no. I get the menu. No, so try that next time. You're eating on your chicken wings and hanging, handling everything you're oh, going yeah. to put in your mouth. That's right. You've been all over that menu and then you're uh, sucking back bread and butter. Don't leave gross stuff on the table for the wait staff to clean up. Common one is use tissues if you blow your nose. Find a trash can and toss it yourself. People with babies have even left dirty diapers behind. Oh. Man, we are just wow. sick, gross pigs. Don't send food back because it's not what you expected. If it's cooked wrong or order is off, then send it back. But don't demand a refund just because you ordered salmon and then remembered you don't like salmon. Yeah, that seems to make sense. No. It's not cool. The tipping machine is interesting because, you know, I've noticed at a few places I've gone to now, it starts at like 18%. Oh, yeah. Like they've upped that. It used to be like 10, 15, 20 were yeah. your three options if you wanted to uh, yeah. have them calculate it for you. And you just hit the button for one of them. Now, the other one I went to was like 18, 20, 25, I think, were the options. Like, holy crap. Well, and the, the new white machines that some restaurants have, they, they even have little comments underneath the percentage. So if it says like 18%, it's like, thanks a lot. Or 20% was, you've made my day great. Like, it's really a mind hunt right. to try to get you to, oh yeah, you know, go to the 20%. But they try time. to give you those. And, and you know, they're pl- preying on the fact that we... You know, are so we find our time so valuable mm. that we couldn't be bothered to go down and figure out what ten percent would be or fifteen percent. Then we're going to just drop whatever, hit whatever buttons there, and most times we do. You know, and, and it's interesting too when you go into like a fast food place um, and they've got like a, a, a tip jar, which I think, and I look in it, and there's usually next to That's nothing. Sad. Nobody has any change on them anymore. But I, I'm always confused. I mean, I must admit that during COVID, when I'd go into like a, 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 a sub place or something, I would tip. I was tipping a lot more on fast food, I remember, during oh, really? COVID. Yeah, I was. Well, it, the, the big push was that wait staff needed, you know, 
we're all made to feel guilty that these people weren't making the type of money that they used to make because they didn't have people sitting down and staying. Right. And then all the takeout was happening. Remember, it was like takeout Tuesdays. Well, that I appreciate, but that's actually at a restaurant. You know, we're going to a fast food chain. They don't have what, but what, servers. But what has the restaurant done any different than the fast food place? I mean, well, the fast... Okay, a Subway is a perfect example. That employee has stood there and made your sandwich. Yes. What is that any different from ordering a, a tuna fish sandwich or, or a burger at, at, as a takeout at a restaurant? Well, They've done the same thing. I think part of what you're paying for is the fact that they have a plate... For one, well, and dishware, but get, not when you're doing takeout. That gets washed, but not when you're doing takeout. You're saying you, you did you tip during COVID? Did you tip at restaurants when you did takeout? Yes. Did you tip at fast food? No. Okay. My question, and I'm not saying that's wrong or right. I'm saying why wouldn't we? Because on takeout at a restaurant, like takeout at a fast food joint, it's the same thing. And I think, uh, well, part of that was one. The server at that time was making less mm. than the person who was actually just working at that fast food joint, right? Mm. Because the server had a lower wage right? based on the fact that they were going to get tips. Right. But without those people coming in and eating there and taking or, or leaving tips, that server was at a disadvantage. It actually would have been more cost effective for them to work at a McDonald's or a Subway yeah. than to work at the restaurant. I just from just a, a like a, a manual labor standpoint, I'm always I think it's funny that you sit at a bar, we'll go to a, a pub, we'll sit at the bar. The bartender will turn, grab a can of beer, open it and hand it to you. You give him a buck or right. two bucks. Uh, you go to a coffee shop, they pour your coffee, they put the sugar in, they get the cream, they hand it to you, you give them the bird. <laughs> it just seems so unfair. All right, here's a couple of stories. Keep this in, uh, in mind if you ever run into this type of situation. It's good revenge. Guy's driving home one night, gets home, and notices there's a strange car in his driveway. There's nobody in the car. There's nobody at his house. He's just coming home after work. But there is a large house party in the neighborhood, and there was no open street parking in sight. His driveway only wide enough for one car with a barrier on either side. So he just parked in his driveway? Someone just decided, well, I can't find anywhere to park, so I'll just park here. <laughs> you know, me first. It was uh, his driveway, of course, so he parked behind the car that was there. A few hours later, a woman shows up at his door, asked if he could move his car so she could get out. Now, I... I don't know how she approached him, if she came uh, you know, a little belligerent, or if she kind of said, uh, listen, I'm so sorry, but, right, I, I, yeah. you know. Then maybe, but obviously it didn't go well because he refused. And he said his excuse was that he'd been drinking and he wasn't going to be moving his car that night. She got mad and called the cops, pulled a Karen, I guess. They showed up, they couldn't do anything about it because it was private property. Then the man told him, uh, the woman that he was on holidays and wouldn't be leaving for work until later next week. <laughs> so she could pick the car up then. That's that's so great. That's so great. Um, this one, though, I think even better. Woman's at a McDonald's drive-thru. And the uh, woman behind her is honking. This is very bold. Honking because wow. she thought she was taking too long to place her order. 
So she decided to get revenge. When the woman pulled up to the first window, she paid for both of their orders. So she paid for her own. She paid for the order of the woman who's honking at her. Okay. Right? Pay it forward thing. Yeah. yeah. And so the woman behind her was honking. Uh, she gets up to the, the pay window and the cashier, of course, says, well, no, the woman in front of you has paid for your food. So she puts her hand out and waves and says, thank you. Mouths the words, thank you. But then the first woman pulls up to the second window where you get your food. She showed both the receipts, took the impatient lady's food as well, and no. scooted out of there, forcing the second woman to have to go through the line again. So that's a salty little spin there. Well, on that's that interesting. Yeah. I love that idea. Wow. I mean, I, it, it is a bold play to be honking in the drive through Mm. You have no idea what's going on in front. Like sometimes, it, yeah, it could be someone is just a mess and can't figure out what their order right. is and taking too long. Sometimes it's actually an issue in the restaurant. Yeah, but though most of those now tell you to pull over to the right. parking spot so you can get out of the way and the other people can get through. No, not when you're ordering though. Oh no, 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 no. When you're at the window, like if you're ordering, taking too long right. to order, right. I get to the window and they, or if I get to the ordering thing and they say, "Hang on, can you give us sure. a minute?" Right. Right? That's Some guy's honking behind me. It's not my fault. No, that's true. Yeah, and it's our human clock, right? I mean, we just, we have it in our head how long something should take. Mm -hmm. And we also do this to ourselves. You know, the old thing about just because you're in a rush doesn't mean everybody else has to be in a rush. Right. You know, your impatience isn't somebody else's problem. Yeah. But we, and, and listen, with the way everybody is so angry at everybody nowadays, I'd be afraid that if I pulled this stunt, the guy behind me would chase me down with his car, <laughs> take his food, my food, and beat the crap out of me. Do you remember high school? Do you remember if it was a good experience, a, a lame experience, not great memories? Well, probably those memories are all based on who you were hanging with. Like if you had a big group of friends and you were enjoying that. But if you were a loner... Uh, then perhaps the uh, high school experience uh, wasn't so great. Um, people were asked about what uh, clique they were in during high school. And um, the overall most popular answer was the jock group. Now, I'll bet you this is all coming from a lot of guys because all guys want to believe they were jocks. Right, yeah. Uh, the other uh, common answers were the popular kids, cheerleaders, nerds. Band or choir kids, loners, stoners, geeks, snobs, preppy kids. Some less common answers included rich kids, hipsters, goths, and emo. Hmm. Now, emo, this all being probably of a younger, these would be younger kids uh, or people now maybe into their early 30s, late 20s. I for sure, 100,000% wasn't even in the same hallway with the jocks. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> didn't ever speak to them, didn't know them, they didn't speak to me, they could care right. less about me. All of my friends thought they were complete and utter a-holes, right. mostly out of jealousy because they were dating a lot of the prettiest girls. Couldn't stand them. Maybe that's where I get it to this day. Maybe it's just all based. <laughs> you think? You think? <laughs> so I was certainly 100% in with the stoner crowd. Okay. Or, But here's the difference. In my high school days, it was... All, Although the jocks were the jocks, and they certainly, you know, ran the school, or it felt like they were the ones who were in charge. My high school in the 80s was really broken up by music. You were either a rocker, you were into new wave, gotcha. you were into funk. You know, that, that was kind of the three things 
that, that separated you. And I remember it was such a separation. It was like the Sharks and the Jets. I remember, like, dating a girl whose brother was one of the head new wave guys. Like, he was the guy that was into all the new wave music, the Spandau Ballets, the New Order. The Well, U2 was considered that at the time. Right. And he hated my guts. So it was really just because I was into, like, ACDC and all of that stuff. Right. It really was a divide. What we call them the skids, basically. They're like a skid yeah. row type. Yeah. Uh, the, the John Bender, if you're going to go with yeah. the, uh, the Breakfast Club character of it yeah, all. Yeah, that's right. And that's kind of how they divided things. Yeah. Right? And what about you? What clique I, were you in? I Let kinda, me guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kind of tended to mix between a bunch of them. Yeah. Right? Because I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily a jock, although I played some high school sports. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, did music. I was a drummer, so I... I tend to be with some of the music and the arts right. crowd, too. And then, you know, I, I remember my dad had put me into, like, a, a crazy enriched chemistry course, which had me, like, <laughs> basically, you know, with if that was the nerd type, yeah. I wasn't one of them. Right. I was trying to get them to help me to get through this bloody course. <laughs> he really was pushing the doctor oh, thing. Oh, my huh? goodness. He was pushing the sciences. But a little too hard of a push on that one. Yeah. I think he might even regret that one. Right. Because like, that was like you walk into that class, and day one, it was like you were supposed to already know what the periodic table, like wow. have it memorized. Right, right. right. And I still don't know where to find anything on it. Now, how are you with your boys when it comes to uh, their education and what they want to do? Because I remember being really hands-off and that I said to them, look, we really want you to go to college or university. We think that's important. We'll pay for that. Um, but if you decide somewhere along the way you just want to do a trade, I mean, I remember a neighbor of ours did hardwood flooring. And for a few summers, both of them went and worked with him. And I was very grateful to him for taking them on because... You know, they're teenage boys, 15, 16, no clue outside of fiddling with their own bits. They had no idea on how to right. do anything. So I'm sure they slowed him up a lot. But <laughs> I was always just like, look, do what makes you happy. If you want to go be an actor or you want to be a plumber or you want to be a lawyer or you want to be a shoe salesman, whatever it is that floats your boat. Interesting timing for this conversation because uh, right now is kind of the look ahead into high school where mm. we're where we're headed now, uh, and um, this for the first time I've heard of some guidance counselor who is now getting involved mm. and and talking to the kids about it. And um, the other just the other night, Evan said to me, he's like, "Yeah, I don't think I want to go to university. Uh, I, I think college is the route I want to go mm. because my guidance counselor tells me that." University is more just listening in lectures, and I don't like doing that. Oh. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> One, uh, that's not all it is. Yes, that's a part of it. Um, and I, I think while I was definitely somewhat steered towards at least keeping doors open mm. to a medical career, because my dad was a doctor, and he wanted me to at least... Explore those options. I think I'm along those lines. Where when it comes to my kids, keep doors open. Mm. You don't decide at 12 years, 13 years old, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Because one, people don't do that one thing very right. often, more for the rest of their life. And by deciding that right away, you could close doors for yourself. Oh, for sure. Later on, so let's keep some options open here mm. as to what 
possibilities there are out there. I also learned from that same father who was always about the academics that and you get to a point when going away for school mm. was a lot more about learning life lessons and how to con- you know um, how to control your time or at least set your calendar and figure out how the hell you're going to get it all done because mm. you know when you get to university yeah they hand you a book and they hand you uh, a sheet that says here's when your midterm is here's when your final is and here's the exam and and and, and here's how you get your marks mm. you don't have to go to class if you don't want to here's the book you mm-hmm. can just read it and do it all yourself and and set out that timing. Um, and then you also have to say, you know, okay, well, here's the clubs or sports I want to do on top of that. Uh, there's the bar and what bar nights and pub nights are. And you got to figure it all out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that, to me, was a massive life lesson that I think I'd like my kids to at least but appreciate. couldn't you do that at community college? Uh, I mean, I went perhaps. to Humber. I remember the same thing. The bar was there. I had my courses. I had to do my thing. The only difference was I lived with my parents. But they weren't doing my homework or driving me to school. I still had to get there every day and get home every I day. I do think there's a value to be immersed on a campus. And if you're, you know, it's not the same as high school driving in and driving out. Mm. It's personally the, the experience that I got having just stayed at home for basically everything I'd done before that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was a really, a really a great experience that I appreciate and I'd like my boys to have. So if they then decide, if this carried on with Evan where he finally said, you know what, I'm just going to uh, Humber or Durham or Sheridan and I'm taking the electrician's course. You pay for it yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Really, huh? Uh, you can pay for your own car and I kind of wow. transportation. If you want to go away to school, I, I think at this point, I'm, I'm that's so interesting. I'm of the mind. If you want to go to, I'm I'm saving for it and and putting aside for it. That if you want to go to away, then so why couldn't that pay for college? We'll, then? we'll help you do that. What's that? What, the, why that money you saved? Why couldn't that go to the plumbing course he wants to take? I'm not saying it because if he wants to go to that afterwards, yeah. he can. Wow, right? but. I want him to have some life experience in it too, and not just. Do you wear the drill major hat at home all the time, or no? Just... I, you know what? No, it's an experience that I had, right, and I that appreciate mean your that. experience has to be his experience. I'm not saying it has to be my experience. No, I'm but saying I'm saying just he has you to did live it, a little bit. But you did it, yeah. See, this and is I didn't thing. Want to do. I, I, Here's the thing, Greg, I didn't want to do it. Right. And I didn't want to do it either. But you did it, and you're happy you did it. And I'm very but happy you might I did it. be forced to do it and hate it. Yeah, could be. You know, but I, I just, I think it drives me, not crazy. Every parent's got to do whatever they're going to do and raise their kids any way they're going to do it. They, I just believe everybody is their own person. Just because you're their dad, you can give them some guidance. Of course, you're their father. I'm my kid's father. Of course, I'm going to say, hey, I think this is a good idea. But at the end of the day, if you want to just go try to be a skateboard champ, go at it. Because when you fail, and it's good to fail, then you'll figure out what you really need to do. But if you close doors before you fail, Mm. then you could find yourself in a real heap of trouble as to not knowing what the hell you're going to do after that. So, you know, if if I got a 13-year-old that wants to skateboard champ, be a skateboard champion, he says, I'm going to quit school right now. Oh, that's different. Right. That's different. Quitting school at 13 is different. But he's closing doors, right? Or I'm just going to, I'm not going to take any courses that would avail me to anything other than being a skateboard champion. Right, right. And that's going to be an issue for me because Mm. you're you're closing doors on your future later on. (sighs) Well, listen. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever Evan does, because 
You know, look at both of my boys went to university. They stayed at home, but they went to university because <clears throat> we were the exact opposite. I'm like, I'll pay for your schooling, but if you want to go off to the University of San Diego, that's your that's <laughs> that's on your dime, not mine. I don't. You've got a bedroom. I don't need to pay for a dorm. But um, but neither of them are following what they studied in university anyhow. No. So but on some level, I'm like, well, that was a waste of almost eighty thousand dollars. But what they are, what they are getting, and both of them have done, is flown the coop and gone and lived somewhere else and gotten some experience and in, in life experience sure. after that as well. But, but they would anyhow. Daniel doesn't mean so. Daniel went to England, not necessarily. No, but he went to England with Ariel. He would have gone with her because she was going there. Right. He could have just gone to the St. Clair College in Windsor. He still would have ended up in England. David, okay, followed his journalism thing, which, by the way, now he's probably bailing on, which is fine. Again, life takes all sorts of different courses. Absolutely. But I don't. I just. I just. I don't. I just never think you should say to somebody, "You've got to do this." Well, I think also at the time, remember, I grew up in a city where everyone was just fed to the plant. Right. 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 And so I think that was part of that reasoning as well was you got to get out yep. and explore. There's borders beyond Whitby mm-hmm. and Curtis that you've got to find and get past. Right? <laughs> and you ended up right back in there. ended up right back in there. <laughs> not the plant, which shut down anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you share that story because... When I went to Humber taking the radio program, a guy I was in the program with was from Oshawa. His father worked in the plants. He was pretty good and was one of the first guys in, like, second year to get an offer to go to Fort McNowhere. But it was, like, for 14 grand a year. And his father said, no, there's not a chance in hell because his dad didn't understand career versus job. Mm-hmm. He just said, you got to make a lot of money. And, I'll get, and he ended up in the plant. Now I think he's retired and living in a castle up around <laughs> Port Perry. But anyhow. Uh, here's some trends. Things that we were all into. And then they disappeared. Nobody really seemed to care. Uh, Travelers Checks makes the list. Now this is right. a long time ago. Yeah. It's maybe into the 80s we were still using those things. I would say even in the 90s. You think so? Yeah, I would say into the early 90s were still traveler's checks happening. I think I remember uh, going away a couple of times and I was thinking, boy, my parents are you should probably have a couple of these. Right. Just to make sure you get some traveler's checks just in case something happens with your cash. Yeah, I can't, uh, although I don't think I did much traveling in the the 90s because I was newly married and broke. And then a baby came along. Well, that took all the fun out of life. I guess now, just with, you know, because there's debit, mm. Interact is accepted everywhere. And people just yeah. go and, and use that. Flash mobs. Yeah, they were a thing there. Just pre-COVID, there seemed to be a lot of, like, you see YouTube flash mobs breaking out all over the place. Right. I think that was probably in early 2000s. Yeah. R-O-F-L. Rolling on the floor laughing? We're yeah. not rolling on the floor anymore? Yeah, I guess probably, probably COVID. Yeah. Floor's a bit dirty. I don't remember R-O-F-L. I just remember the L-O-L or L-M-A-O. Yeah. Which nobody is laughing their ass off. Wow, no one's rolling on the floor either. No. Even when it was cleaner to roll on the floor. So, you know, when listeners are kind enough to say that something we said or did made them laugh so hard they were crying, and I appreciate that, but you're lying. Right. You weren't literally <laughs> in your car <laughs> getting on the 401 at Kennedy Road, bawling your eyes out at something Pulled stupid. Pulled over to said. laugh at you guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, planking. 
This is a thing the for a while. exercise? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Or maybe what Teddy Reader does on the grill. Okay. I think that's still a thing, though. Yes. Uh, ringtones. People putting ringtones and odd ringtones on right, the Right, yeah. Yeah, that was huge for a while. Um, it's funny, like in our house, we have, you know, everybody's got their own cell phone, of course, and somebody's cell phone will ring, and everybody will yell, whose cell phone is that? And then nobody answers it. Right. Yeah, it happens like when you're in a busy spot, like in the airport, when mm-hmm. you hear a phone go off. If it's got the same ringtone as yours, for a second you grab your pocket, or you try to say, grab your phone and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. But then there'll be one person who has some ridiculous ringtone, and for some reason they never recognize their own ringtone and let it right. go forever. This was something that somebody mentioned, which I don't really think it was a trend. It was more just a, a technical issue. When you turned off your TV... How the image would shrink to a dot before slowly fading away. Right, oh, yeah. That's a trend. That was technology. Just, just the TV was just the way they made it back then. Um, HQ Trivia? Do we know what that is? Have you ever heard of HQ Trivia? Uh, I want to say yes. There was an app that uh, did like a daily a trivia question. Oh, you get uh, it on or, your phone? Uh, or or quiz, on yeah. On your computer? Yeah. Huh. And this one, which... Uh, as soon as I read it, it brought back a lot of memories for me, certainly, and I would think many of us. Waterbeds. <laughs> now, I had one. The lovely Maria had her own. Uh, you had one. I had up. one, yeah. So many of our friends had one. I think as teenage boys, I got mine probably when I was 17, 18, 19, something like this. And I think we just thought we're going to get the full motion. That way, if we ever have sex in it, we'll just make a wave and ride that bad boy. <laughs> That's what I dreamed of happening one day. I don't know if I ever thought about getting that far. Just that's the fact that it could entice someone into it. Now I will say, oh, they felt great in the winter time. You know, you crawl into that thing; and it was all nice and warm. And uh, I don't know anybody that didn't have. You either had the full motion, like there was no point because you could get like the full motion, semi motion. But then later they would make really fancy ones that had like no motion, so right. there's no point in having a waterbed uh-huh. if there's no motion. But I guess just the warmth of it uh, is okay. what people like so much. It is ridiculous. I mean, the, the heat was probably the unintended uh, like benefit mm. of the waterbed. Like when I first think about getting one mm-hmm. and get it for the, oh, the fact that it's going to be nice and toasty warm, it was more about having this cool bed, the motion in it, and, yeah. uh, and the falling novelty. asleep in that. The novelty of it. But then like right now, if someone said, hey, I've got this air mattress <laughs> Do you want to sleep on that? Like, Hell no. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you think back to it, like, I don't know if your parents put up a fight with you about getting a waterbed, but I remember my dad being like, oh, wait a second. We're going to put this up on the second floor with God knows how much weight of water. <laughs> right. This is not going to end well. And I'm sure for many families it didn't. And I remember, like, when Maria got hers, same thing. Her mom was like, I, we are not having a thing full of water yeah. in a bedroom. <laughs> Mine leaked. Did it really? That's how we got rid of it, yeah. And and it wasn't, thankfully it didn't get to the point where it overflowed in like the, the bed area. Right. It just, I got into bed one night and the thing had popped. Like, like I, I laid down and was like, why the hell am I wet? <laughs> I haven't even done anything <laughs> I had myself. a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, we hadn't gotten around to that part yet. So you didn't flood the living room? No. No, I was able to remember standing outside my boxers draining that thing. <laughs> well, thinking about having drinks too, like with the full motion, if you were drunk and you oh, got into it, oh, man. you just wanted to heave right away. <laughs> That's terrible. 
But not that long ago, it seems to me, I still remember driving by the odd store, waterbeds and futons. That was right. the two things they always sold. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, the loneliest, loneliest human being is working in that <laughs> store right now. Because nobody's going in and buying a waterbed. So any uh, any other wildlife in the driveway, coyotes or deer, moose? No, no, <clears throat> but, uh, but boy, it is very weird to kind of walk out and assume that there's going to be something <laughs> creeping or crawling around your feet. Alligators, crocodiles. No, didn't spot any of that. Yeah. Like Coop was really sniffing around that driveway where that oh, bloody thing, the scent of it. possum yeah. was the other day. Was there still the, uh, the stains? Uh, I think there's still some remnants. Yeah. Of, of what was. <laughs> well, he had a nice little moment over there. Yeah. For a moment. He probably <laughs> found a nice little place to live for a second. Thought, this is pretty good. Squish. Sheltered and warm. Yeah. And, ah. Well, there's a lot of, uh, especially in the wintertime, a lot of uh, wildlife will crawl into all sorts of things. And I know from talking to our, our mechanic, Jeff, that uh, a lot of times you'll get uh, all sorts of critters. Cats are really bad for it, for crawling up into cars and trying to keep warm. But he found a just a massive, this woman, oh, such a gross story. This woman tells uh, told Jeff, our mechanic, that every time she started her car and it would warm up, she was getting a, a smell. Oh, oh. And she didn't know what it was oh. for the longest time. And so she uh, she called Jeff and told him this story. And he said, well, bring it in. We'll take a look. You know, maybe something's leaking or who knows what. Something's burning off. Oh, yeah, something was burning off, all right. He opened up, I don't know what part of the engine, but there was a massive dead rat. <laughs> and I had happened to just go uh, and bring my car in that day when they had peeled this thing out of the engine of the car and put it in a garbage bag. And it was out by their front door. They go, you want to see it? I said, not a chance. <laughs> no. So basically, every time the woman's car warmed up, this engine was cooking this rat. Oh. Yeah, a little salt and pepper. <laughs> It'll be fine. Oh, man. <laughs> I, At least I, I didn't go in and say, I get hungry every time I start my car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to sell it. I, I'd have to sell that car. Maybe, I, I just, maybe even the house. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Divorce the wife. You live somewhere where there's a rat that big. Yeah. I remember as a kid, now, either I was really stoned, which is possible, but I think I was too young to be smoking hash and weed at this point. But I remember uh, just north of us, as things were all getting developed, you know, once they start tearing up uh, farmland and building homes, a lot of rodents scatter looking for mm -hmm. new shelter and new places to live. And we had all farmland just north of us. And I remember coming home one night late in the summer and seeing a massive rat chasing a cat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Not maybe, the other way around. Maybe it was a possum. It might have been. Might have been the possum your wife killed. <laughs> <laughs> rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.